Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Welcome back, everyone, to the GeoMob podcast. Today, my guest is Dustin Carlino, and he's going to be telling us about his project, AB Street, um, which is a very interesting service for using OpenStreetMap for traffic simulation. Dustin, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Hello, thanks for, for having me. Give us um, a very brief introduction of who you are and, and what exactly AB Street is, because I, 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 I've looked at it and I've played with it a little, but I don't think I've, I give it justice as to what exactly it's trying to do. Sure. So um, yeah, I guess my background in brief is that uh, I'm a computer programmer. And um, just from a like early age, I've been really interested in creating computer games and stuff like that. Um, and then during university, this sort of became an interest in traffic simulation because it turns out building a traffic simulator is awfully similar to building a computer game. Um, sure, like SimCity. Yeah, back in uh, the day. I guess that's kind of the like the famous example there. Um, yeah, and, and so then uh, through some projects in college, I wound up discovering OpenStreetMap and um, started a, a project to simulate um, a city full of autonomous cars, imagining like if there were no more uh, human drivers left, what like what kind of what kind of routing and um like yeah how how would the city's transportation network change accordingly um and uh yeah like since that project um i guess uh ab street kind of was was initially inspired by that a bit but um it has a, a much stronger focus on uh getting people out of cars entirely um yeah so i guess the now, what do you did you have any training in kind of traffic engineering and stuff or or, or that was kind of your introduction you you come at it more just from you want to to play with the software or from you want to improve the city or or what's the what angle are you kind of taking on it yeah so i i guess that's the the weird part about my background i don't have any uh like civil engineering or transportation planning background at all um i've kind of picked up stuff as i as i go but i'm sort of approaching this just as a as a programmer um, and kind of making everything up uh, as I go. Um, and yeah, I guess like the the sort of goal is, uh, I don't know, like I, as I've learned to um, interact in, or as I've become a, a cyclist in cities and uh, like lived in places with good public transit and good like walkability and stuff like that, um, I'm really interested in getting the places that are still dominated by cars to, to shift away from these modes. Um, and there are just like a bunch of reasons why uh, I kind of want this, uh, like, environmental, um, or yeah, the environment is definitely one one aspect of that, and uh, also just like creating cities that are a lot more livable and, and pleasant. I, I believe that depending on cars is not really the way to do that, and so um, AB Street very broadly is is a is an attempt to do that uh, using software, and um, I don't know that, like, I I have sort of existential crisis all of the time that like maybe. Um, software isn't the right way to like shift the world away from cars, but it's the thing that I know and love, and so that's why I'm spending all of my time taking this particular angle on it. And 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 what does the software do? How does it? It's like a, a browser based tool or something, or it's a software I download to my my machine, and and then what do I do? How do I use it? Um, unfortunately, there's not a easy answer to that because uh, AB Street tries to do everything. Um, I so originally the project started as a as a traffic simulator. The idea was uh, you could get a really realistic traffic simulation of some place in the world started using data from OpenStreetMap and data about where people travel. Then you could make some changes in the software and say, 
you know, this road doesn't need street parking on both sides. We have room for a cycle lane. Um, you know, we don't need a turn lane. This could be a bus lane, things like that. And then you you repeat the simulation, you measure a bunch of stuff that you might be interested in. And because you can run the simulation just varying um, a few things like the, the roads you've changed, you can sort of measure exactly what the impact might be. Um, and the, the original idea was to use this sort of simulation to, to argue for, for building out more cycle and public transit infrastructure. Uh, that's how it started, but I think that's not really um, where it's gone since then. Um, and, and, and the software is public, right? It, 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 it's open source or what, everyone can use this and install it and run it themselves? Or, or how does it work? It's, it's a, or is it like kind of a SaaS based where I go to your server and I log in and then I set up my simulation? Or how does it, what's, the, what's the model? Yeah, so it's been open source from the start, and it'll always remain totally open source. I'm like very, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of uh, something that's used to help people understand and possibly shape their city should be like totally available um, to everybody for use. And so, uh, like the software itself, you can either download it and um, run it locally, and it, it works on Windows, Linux, and Mac, um, or you can run it in a web browser, and then it's just uh, using a like a version of the software that's compiled to something called WebAssembly, and the browser knows how to run this directly. Um, and I've seen that the like the web browser version is much more popular, I think, because people don't want to install software. But uh, if you can, please install the software because it runs so much faster outside of the web browser, um, just due to a bunch of technical limitations and stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of fall into that camp of I never want to install anything on my machine. I just Well, you know, because it's like you're just on the Internet and you're like, eh, I don't know what I'm installing here. Maybe I'll just run it in the browser. But But I get it. So... So people are using it. it like like who who's using it? Is this hobbyists or, or are actual like city planners using this or how how's it going? Well, that that's the part that's not going so great. So uh I don't really know of any city planners that today are are like actively using it, although recently I've got a bunch of them sort of interested in, in a new piece of the software. Um but yeah, like I guess in the past I've I've talked to a lot of people that were interested in using it at like up to a point and then the conversation kind of fizzled out and I, I don't think anybody's actually done anything with it. Um, hmm. The exception is a few, I think two different uh, undergrad classes at different universities have briefly used AB Street as part of their, as part of their coursework, which is pretty cool, but not really originally what I thought it'd be for. And, and I can do any city in the world or how, how does that work? I mean, how do you, I guess my question relates to the, the open street map data. Cause as you know, my, my, my day job is working with open street map all day and there are times it's amazing. And there are times it's very, very frustrating. <laughs> and I, obviously I'm not trying to, I, I, I'm not trying to use it at the level, that level of detail, like turn restrictions and, you know, uh, how wide is the sidewalk and things like that. But I would imagine your software needs that type of information. So how do you, how is how does that work? Uh, a whole lot of guesswork and attempting to like paper over problems in the, in the schema and problems in the tagging. Um, so theoretically it'll run anywhere in the world. Uh, it's kind of meant for, for cities. And so like, if you try to, to use this to look at high, to study like motorways and, you know, merge lanes and stuff like that is probably not going to be too interesting um the yeah the main thing is to like within a city look at all of the roads representing something that a, a vehicle or a pedestrian will use and then we, we like have to figure out what the lanes are um and roughly how wide they're how wide they are and sort of like infer the geometry of roads and intersections from that using a bunch of uh of algorithms that sometimes work really well but most of the time like blow up catastrophically 
uh, and produce. Yeah, well, I could imagine it would work very well in areas that are kind of newer areas where there are like zoning laws and everything's built to a certain standard, you know, where in in kind of older historical cities where you have all these weird anomalies, I could imagine it could be kind of a nightmare, right? Because like, you know, because one, one street being, you know, X meters wide doesn't mean the next street is that wide, if, if you see what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I think that the data is sort of best tuned uh, for Seattle because that's where I started the project and was living for most of the time that I've been running it. Um, and so I've just sort of dumped a bunch of effort into like cleaning things up there and, and tuning the assumptions of the software for it. But uh, things like road width, unfortunately, like um, this doesn't tend to be tagged in the OpenStreetMap data at all. And that's something that we're kind of trying to change right now. But uh, for the moment, like we just look at the number of lanes and the type of lanes and we, we kind of have hard coded values for like, a, you know, a, a general purpose travel lane is like, I forget, like a couple meters and, you know, a cycle lane tends to be much smaller than that. And we just, we add all of that up and make guesses. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so what kind of stuff can I simulate? What you're just like, all right, let's close the bridge or, 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 or we, like, so then what do you do? Like what kind of stuff are people using this for? Yeah. So um, the original uh, goal of the project was sort of traffic simulation. So the idea was like, let's take away street parking and add in cycle lanes. And then we could, simulate um things like cars not having to overtake cyclists in narrow spaces um, and get delayed by them and also like cause discomfort and risk to the cyclist but then uh, theoretically also ask the question like is there enough parking capacity in this area to where if we take away a few uh, streets worth of parking like will things be okay for the people trying to park there um but this is another place where like the there's just not enough data about uh, available street parking or off street parking and also vehicle ownership where like you can get any meaningful results out of the simulation like you you need such detailed data to go into the simulation um to kind of get good results out of it and so uh roughly about a year ago i guess the the direction of ab street went away from traffic simulation entirely and started looking at a bunch of different other ideas um one of the ideas was 15 minute neighborhoods so uh this is sort of an urban planning concept where somebody shouldn't have to walk more than about 15 minutes from their home in order to go to the grocery store, right. go to a coffee shop, just like whatever day-to-day -day stuff they kind of need to do aside from work. Um, and so like on top of the original software, we sort of built this new tool that just lets you like understand um, kind of like the land use properties of a place. And you can like, uh, yeah, like start from a point and sort of like see an isochrone of where you could reach in 15 minutes and then look at the, the different amenities that OpenStreetMap thinks are in that area. How how is this? I mean, who who are the competitors to AB Street in the sense of like what what are traffic planners or, or urban planners using? That how are they doing this currently? There, there is there some sort of proprietary software, or each city kind of does it differently? Or do do you have any insight into that? Or um, it probably depends on the place. I think like if you're a a civil engineering group with that works within a city and you're building a highway or you're like designing roads and details you'll probably use something like ptv visum excuse me this is a uh, like proprietary software um that like i think is the industry standard for traffic simulation but uh like coding up a network and sort of running a simulation in, in visum is very tedious and so even if you like pay the license fee for this this major software like it takes a long time to kind of like set up stuff and so you you you'll use it for like a, to study a small corridor. You won't study a whole city with this kind of thing. Well, it's very cool. I mean, again, again, in so many categories, we see that 
because OpenStreetMap makes the data so readily available and editable and, and correctable that you know people start doing more and more you know seemingly small experiments using OpenStreetMap, and then over time it becomes the tools get better and better and start getting used more and more, and it becomes uh, uh, you know a really viable first choice for people because of the ease of use and things like that. So. Is that have you so so tell us the story of AB Street? How long have you been working on this? You said for a couple of years, and and what's what's the current? You said it moved away from traffic simulation. What's kind of the the current status of the project? Yeah, so the project started. Um, I'm like losing track of years. I think it was about three and a half years ago at this point in 2018. Um, and yeah, for roughly the last year, we like stopped doing traffic simulation stuff for a bit. We were looking at 15 minute neighborhoods, and then. Um, we built a tool called Ungap the Map, which is uh, for studying cycle networks. And so um, the idea was you can just like, first like map your route as a cyclist and kind of understand trade-offs. So like in a, especially in a place with a lot of hills like Seattle, usually the trade-off is between um, taking major roads that are very direct and flat, but you're like alongside traffic, usually without any protection, or you can take a, like a longer route and cut through neighborhoods, but you're going up and down the hill, uh, up and down hills constantly. And so it's kind of uncomfortable. Gotcha. Um, and then the tool like just lets you really quickly, like change a bunch of roads and say, you know, just based on the lane count, like we'll sacrifice a travel lane or we'll sacrifice street parking and just automatically add in cycle lanes where the user wants them. Um, and the goal of this was just to be like, you don't need any traffic simulation at all to, to sort of study the effects and see. Um, like roughly how many how many trips could this benefit if you uh, if you have data about where trips start and end? Um, so that's sort of like- how how do you get that data? How do you get the data of how many trips there are or where, where you know pe- you know how do you know people are going from A to B or and how many people? Yeah, this is the the hard part where like I wish there was an equivalent to OpenStreetMap for this type of data, but unfortunately it seems to be just like per place and um, you can't get. Of course, like you can't get really granular data about people's travel behavior unless you're, uh, you know, a big tech company or like a cell phone company tracking location all the time and stuff like that. Um, and so the answer depends on the place. In Seattle, there's a, a public agency that produces a very fancy activity model uh, called Soundcast, and they like they synthesize a, a sort of a fake population of people that matches the real the real residents of Seattle. Um, and they model their travel behavior using like census uh, travel surveys and um, vehicle counts and just like a whole bunch of other data sets. Uh, okay. And in other in other areas, there's something a little bit similar. Like in the UK, they have the census data and like a flow data set. Uh, but this tends to only describe like these these this data only describes travel behavior in aggregate, and it only it usually only focuses on like work trips, which are of course like way less relevant now. You know. In, in pandemic all right of course uh, yeah. um so yeah like depending on the place we just we make a lot of guesses and like we'll we'll work with whatever data exists but the answer is probably not not too accurate right yeah that's such a challenge i mean i because it's and then i you know people's behavior are changing all the time as we saw with covid and you know things come up or whatever that then even if your simulation was best based on the behavior of last year, it may no longer be valid, I guess. So, um, okay. Um, well, the the reason I asked kind of about the story of the project is the whole reason I became aware of it is it's on Twitter. I saw um, a post you did, I don't know, maybe two, three months ago now, uh, that you describe as your, your almost post-mortem of the project. So, um, 
a very interesting read, which which will of course link in the show notes and people should check it out. But it kind of gets at the frustrations of uh, starting and, and operating and maintaining a big kind of open source collaborative project. And t- take us through that post a bit. Tell us about some of the, the, the bumps in the, in the road on, on the AV Street journey. Yeah, so I guess uh, when I started the project, I was incredibly ambitious with what I wanted to do. Um, I sort of, I quit my job and was like, I'm going to build this open source thing that's going to change the world and, you know, like really revolutionize how people plan transportation and stuff like that. Um, Wait, if I can ask, how are you going to fund that? I mean, you were you were in a position where you didn't need to work or you were just going to, step three would be profit or, or how how is, how how are you going to, what what enabled you to work on it full time? Um, the fact that the like the tech salary or sorry tech jobs in the U.S. pay ridiculous salary and so like right out of college right, I worked a few years and like continued to live like a college student like I don't have any hobbies that take a lot of money particularly and so um, I just accumulated enough savings to like very comfortably uh, work on whatever I want to um, kind of for for a few years so like that's a very strange position to be in and it's a very strange thing to like explain to my parents for example. Uh, yeah. Just people who aren't like who don't come from a background where you can you can make so much money right out of college, um, but yeah, I, uh, the plan was always sort of to to self fund and uh, like the project running the project doesn't really have any cost other than my time. Uh, although now I've kind of realized that I would really love to to have other people work on it full time and like finding open source volunteers is uh is tough. Like there have been a few really awesome people that have joined the project for a while, but it's not something that like people can sustain for a long time. Um, Right. And so, like, yeah, like for a while, I've I've been struggling to find other people, like, figure out how to how to hire other people uh, to work on this kind of full time. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess getting back to the 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 almost postmortem story, the I guess after a few years of working on this, a, a bunch of frustrations kind of crept in. Um, and the main thing is like the project started out very ambitious. I want to like you know, quickly help people decarbonize transportation and, and shift away from cars. Cause like, this is something that absolutely has to happen uh, imminently, you know, to like avoid climate catastrophe or whatever. Um, and like, there were a few points during AB street when like, there was a lot of media attention and like a lot of people were super interested in the project suddenly. And I would, I would talk to like dozens of people per week or something. Um, but then by, by two or three weeks later, like all of those conversations had fizzled out and like, I was sort of like working alone again. Um, and just going through that over and over is, is very exhausting. Uh, and why was it, I mean, was it that they like tried, they, they used the service and they're like, oh, it's not good enough. Or is it just like, they're like, oh, I, you know, better cities would be great, but then they don't really put in the, the time and effort to actually understand the service or what, what was the barrier? I mean, a bit of both, like a few, I guess a few groups actually like tried things out in detail and were like, yeah, the the fact that it like lacks uh certain features like like calculating mode shift of who would switch behavior if these changes were made like that is sort of a blocker and and like we can't really make use of this uh without that. But then a bunch like I guess they never really had specific goals for collaboration anyway. Like I was always trying to figure this out. Like specifically, what do you want to use the software to study? Like how can I take it in a direction that'd be useful to you? And I never really got clear answers out of that. <laughs> Um, hmm. until, until recently, I guess the, like the thing that kind of, I feel like has saved the project has been, uh, switching the focus to low traffic neighborhoods. Um, 
so this okay. is sort of a, an urban planning concept that um, has been around for a long time, but is like recently popular because in I think in 2020, a bunch across the UK uh, started being implemented. And um, like if people aren't familiar, the like the concept of a low traffic neighborhood is that you can uh, you can stop uh, motor vehicle traffic from cutting through sort of small residential streets where there's not really meant to be a lot of through traffic by putting in um, modal filters in the middle of the street, things like uh, bollards or just like planter boxes that um, filter the traffic going through and only allow uh, like people walking and biking and not not driving. Um, and so if you like strategically place these filters, you can you can stop through traffic in a, in a certain area and only have a few entrances to let people like making deliveries or, or living there kind of get in. Um, and uh, right, so like, I guess so, a few months ago, um, I I like met a few people really interested in creating these schemes, um, and they were like working with local authorities in the UK or their like consultant companies and stuff like that, um, and a bunch of things sort of led to the idea for some a new a new piece of software to kind of help plan these, and so far the reaction to that has been uh, like incredibly positive and like all of those, uh, I guess like looking for real customers of the software to use it for planning like I, I've, I think I've found those those people finally fantastic congrats congrats is, is this why I, I guess I should mention I know you you just recently moved to London is that was that part of the motivation for the move to London or no um yes actually the move to London uh was a few things so AB Street started in London arguably uh like back in I think it was 2018 like I um I was still working at a a big tech company and like i um i took a vacation with my sister to london and it was like the, my first time outside the u.s for like you know more than a few days or whatever and my first time in london and i guess like i don't know seeing a a big european city with like public transit and just a bunch of people moving around really kind of inspired me and like jolted me uh jolted me out of sort of uh i don't know how to say that um it sort of got me thinking about transportation problems again, which I had kind of put on hold since since under, uh, since university. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I, I I went back from that trip and decided uh, I'm not happy with my job and I have something that I want to do instead. And so like I started the process of quitting, um, and and starting AB Street. So uh, I, I've kind of always wanted to move to London um, since then, and then just like the pandemic and a bunch of other stuff slowed it down. Well, I mentioned that specifically because obviously GeoMob is started in London, and we often have GeoMob in London. But um, as soon as we can have an in-person event again, I want to get you to come present the software because many of the listeners, but also many many members of the GeoMob community, are, are of course avid OpenStreetMappers, but also very avid um, cyclists and and kind of at the intersection of of cycling and OpenStreetMap. Um, uh, so I'm sure you'll have a lot to talk about and, and a lot of people to collaborate with there. So, um, so, so it sounds like, I mean, this is great news that it sounds like AB street is back from the dead. Then the, the, the almost poor postmortem is it, has that, has that been solved? Uh, like, are you, you're, you're recommitting to work on it or, or what's the, yeah, so I guess the like the life changes that um I actually started working again so uh, I moved to London because I took a job with the Alan Turing Institute um which is sort of like the UK's biggest uh, artificial intelligence research group and um the team that I joined is called Urban Analytics and like very roughly the the team charter is sort of to to study digital twins which is um which is like software that 
simulates some aspect of the real world and like allows people to to ask what if questions and like have policy impacts from that. So like AB Street is a digital twin, um, and the uh, like because of that, I've been able to argue that like this new low traffic neighborhood tool, um, since it has like immediate policy impacts and stuff like that, like it's uh, it's part of my part of my work as a researcher there. Um, Fantastic. So, Fantastic. So yeah. So uh, AB Street lives on, and I think it'll take a bit more of a research focus um, in the coming months, just because of that job. But I mean, the like nothing really changes about the project otherwise. It's still uh, it's still caring for the general mission, just like applied to this this particular idea. Well, and presumably you're looking for collaborators uh, 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 still uh, to work to join the project. Is that correct, or or no, or you want to first make this change, or how? Hundred um, percent, yes. Always looking for collaborators. So, um, as an example, there's a there's a student at a university in Geneva who's right now looking at adding public transit support into AB Street. Okay. Um, which is a very ambitious and complex topic, but also one that's uh, I think like it would be really fun to to flesh out because it could go a bunch of different directions. What, what what is what would be the best way for people to get involved in the project? You need software engineers, or you need transportation planners, or city planners, or who 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 would be your ideal collaborator? Um, since it is such a broad project, I think like one answer is anybody and there's, there's kind of different things to, to work on with different people. Um, if somebody is involved as a transportation planner or, is a, or like who works with the city, then I guess the collaboration would be, let's find a way to use some part of AB street, uh, and kind of get that real use case, um, driving the development of it and stuff like that. And then, uh, especially if you're a software engineer, um, I, I would love your help because there's just so much stuff to do. Uh, and only so many hours in the day, and I think it's a very rich space for for different uh, for different projects. Like just focusing on something like public transit, like there's a a bunch of directions it could go. And I think, um, yeah, like depending on people's skill level and interest, there's there's a lot to a lot of ideas. Well, hopefully, some listeners out there are uh, excited about this challenge. I mean, over the years, we've had many many uh, different talks from people analyzing things on. Uh, you know, different public transit networks and mapping the networks and things like that, particularly, obviously, in London. So um, I think this is exactly the group. I think this is your target audience. So uh, I'm hopeful that that um, that our episode today will, will awaken some interest. But also, as I said, as soon as we can possibly have in-person events again, I want you to come give a, an actual demo and and show it off to us so that people can see what exactly it is and the potential of it so um yeah you, uh, even before then like feel free to um to reach out by twitter email or uh just like file an issue on the github and start a conversation um whether you want to try to use ab street or work on it or or yeah just if you're if you uh if you're doing something related I, i'd love to meet people okay um what uh, any any closing thoughts any any final um comments or requests of the audience or Anything else you want to share with us about the project? I guess, yeah. So uh, another idea that I'm starting to look at sort of as part of my um, post at, at the Turing is uh, is how to take some of the technology behind AB Street and make it more widely available to different projects. So um, one example is like the process of uh, figuring out what the what lanes exist along a particular road in OSM is non, just by looking at the tags is non-trivial. Hmm, yeah. um, so recently we've like split out a, a project called OSM to lanes that is just focusing on this piece. Um, and the idea is that other projects can, can pull this in and use it. 
Uh, and there are a bunch of other ideas where like AB Street attempts to draw the geometry of intersections just by looking at road center line and width. And this is like a, another very hard problem. Um, and if there's things like uh, other op other OpenStreetMap renderers that want to to make use of this geometry, um, I'm right now I'm trying to find a way of of making that easy uh, easy to do without having to pull in the whole AB Street code base. And so, yeah, if people are, are interested in consuming different pieces of AB Street, definitely get in touch with your your use case. Ooh, Dustin, as someone who again works in OpenStreetMap data professionally every day, my head hurts just thinking about this. Just <laughs> when I when I think about Oh my God! Trying to figure out the number of lanes in the street uh, for for like the entire world. Oh my God, um, that would be phenomenal if people get involved and 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 you can build a viable um, solution there. That would be really excellent. So, all right, listeners, you you heard it there. Um, if if this is your thing, then please do get involved. At the very least, check it out and spread the word about AB Street. Um, I think it's a fantastic project. Uh, not just a fantastic project, but I have to say I really appreciated your your whole write up of the uh, the post mortem or whatever, where you kind of were very open about um, the challenges and but uh, also an enjoyable read. Um, so uh, big thanks for that. Um, we'll of course get that article linked in the show notes, also your your Twitter details and um, you know a link to the project in general. So. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show today, Justin, and uh, hopefully we can get um, get you to a live GeoMob uh, where you can share some more stories very shortly. So, all right. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any um, suggestions for topics that we should uh, cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. Um, you can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. Um, you can follow Stephen at Stephen Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. Um, you can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMob event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.